Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever, you can't find the fairway with a map, and the bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Hello and welcome to My Mom's Basement presented by 3G and Barstool Sports. I am your host, Robbie Fox, along with my co-host, Clem, to recap the finale of Ahsoka Season 1. I say Season 1 because I'm very hopeful that we're getting a Season 2. I saw a report today via Variety or Deadline that it's not confirmed, but it's very likely that they're getting a Season 2. Obviously, we know we're getting an Heir to the Empire movie or possibly even trilogy from Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. But this finale, it it just left me wanting more. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Loved it. But you leave us on a cliffhanger like that. It's going to be years until we get a conclusion to this story, I think. Yeah, that kind of hurts. I was hoping, I think we said on the last episode, we were hoping for some some serious action. And I'll flat out say it. I was hoping for a death. I was hoping for a big death. It's kind of one of the nice things about not being as attached to a story as a lot of the other people who are watching. I could just be like, ah, that person means nothing to me. I didn't have an entire animated series that I grew to love them. So I was hoping for a Sabine death, maybe. We thought Hu Yang was on the chopping block for sure. If you want to murder the kid, you can kill Jason. Really get deep with it, dark with it, right? Uh, so we didn't get that. We got more. It was more cliffhangy than I thought it was going to be. Is that fair to say? Because I think in the other Star Wars shows, we got a little more wrapped up. At least that was my first take on at least the Mandalorian is, is what I think of. And, and, and Andor, which Andor has what two seasons where this has yeah. an entire franchise basically being branched off of it. So I thought we were going to get more, but I had fun. I had fun. And I am like, what is it? 75% there to feel like this is a show for me now. I'm still, there's a lot of missing pieces still that I think I'm not getting, but I'm I'm fine with it. I'm looking forward to season two as well. Yeah, I agree. It's much more of a cliffhangery ending than I expected. Like I wouldn't call this a ten out of ten finale that left me completely satisfied. Because yes, we wanted Thrawn to deliver a little more damage. We wanted him to kill somebody. We wanted to see a little more conclusion. I think at least to Balin's stuff, which I understand that that's tricky. The actor, Ray Stevenson, rest in peace, passed away. So I don't know if they wanted to leave that ambiguous to see if they could go further with that or if they want to recast him. I don't know if they even know what they want to do with that. But I thought it was a very good finale, and it felt good to be right about some stuff. Some of our <laughs> season-long predictions here actually came to fruition, and that that always feels good. When we go wrong, we go epically, massively wrong to the point we're usually apologizing to the audience or the character we were wrong about. It feels good not to have to really write any apologies today. I'm, I'm not even going to apologize to Sabine for wanting her dead. You still have to show me more, Sabine. She showed us some this episode. We're progressing. Still got to see more. By the way, I didn't even realize you've got the straight-up Vader sweater on right now. What a move by my Threw God. that on for the finale, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a big one. Yep. And again, that guy is kind of the biggest like specter they have, even though he's a ghost. I guess specter is the perfect word for it. Having him just kind of bop in always will 
it's like a cheap some cheap heat gives me like yeah. a nice little boost and it always like raises it a couple like percentage points in my rankings whenever i can see anakin popping around there shall i take your order or do you need a minute yes i'll be ready just buying a car on carvana what it's super convenient i already got pre-qualified in two minutes all i had to do was answer a few questions what that's handy yeah now i'm customizing my down and monthly payments what that's an exquisite deal and just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. So let's get into the Ahsoka finale. The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. A little reference to the Chronicles of Narnia there. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Did you catch that? I caught it. I loved it. I was a big fan. I want to say of Narnia. Basically, I, I think like most people, I read the first book. I, I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Loved it and just never really pursued it any more than that. It was everything we read in school, and I never just went on my own. But I don't know why I never got into it. I, I love The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You did as well, right? I liked the first movie, but I did never went further. So I, I did the same thing with the movies that you did with the book. Did they make more movies? I don't even know. That's yeah. the thing. They did. They oh, made man. a bunch of them. Yeah. Liam Neeson was the uh, the lion. He did the voice of the Lion King at some point. I think they brought in, there was a princess at one, the ice princess or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. But it's not the first reference to Narnia because the world between worlds is a reference to the woods between worlds, I believe. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about just all this Narnia talk kind of wants me to like dive in and find some sort of like some some Narnia content. And for the people that are newer to the basement or don't get into our Marvel recaps because they're more Star Wars fans, me and Bob Fox actually talk in Narnia. We had Turkish Delight back in, uh, it was Captain in the, whatever, Winter Soldier. Falcon the Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, we, we tried it out, and I have to say, it was not as good. When he, he sell, the kid that sells out his friends for the Turkish Delight of like the Ice Witcher or whatever, I'm like, man, that, I always thought that shit must have tasted so good. It's good enough to make you want to sell out your friends to an Ice Witch. And we had it, and it was like a three out of 10 compared to maybe it's our American taste buds are used to like that corn syrup and that sugar being through the roof. It was very meh in my opinion. Yeah. I threw out the box. I didn't even finish it. Like I took a couple bites. I gave my girlfriend some and she was like, yeah, I don't want this. So we threw them out. That was gross. (laughs) Um, We do have a lot to talk about in this episode, so let's get into it. It begins with Thrawn, the night mothers and Morgan Elspeth all meeting on this little platform that is connected to now Thrawn Star Destroyer. And they're preparing the Eye of Scion to connect to the Star Destroyer, which made sense. I didn't realize that it was going to hook around it, but it was foolish of me not to realize that. And Thrawn has a great line about never underestimating a Jedi. He's like, I've seen many Imperial officers underestimate the rebellion before. I even once underestimated a single Jedi. He's telling them at all points, basically, Do not ever take this safety for granted. Jedi can come from the most unexpected turns, most unexpected ways, avenues. So just keep an eye out. And Morgan Elsbeth is given the gift of shadows by the Night Mothers, which I got to say, it took all of three minutes maybe for me to go, this is metal. When they (laughs) grab her head and they're burning marks into it and her eyes go black. And then they basically just like craft the blade of Talzin right in front of her, which is the Talzin was like the original night mother, I think. So this is like an ancient blade that she probably fought with in the clone wars and whatnot. 
this was a really cool scene and a really big setup for the finale. I thought, I thought this was a great way to start the episode. Okay. So I had the blade of Talzin. I had a, like, I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, what are we doing? It almost felt like the, it felt like she was kind of getting clothes for Christmas. It's like, they're just giving her this. I didn't know like, Oh, it has a green glowy thing. A little bit more witch magic. I needed to know how high on the witches. Like, is this just, we had it laying around. We were looking to re, you know, the regifting it or something. That sounds like it was much more of a jester. You tell they they have some love for this chick. They have a little bit of love for as much as a little bit could have. as much yeah. as witches could have, right? Witches yeah. aren't. I don't think are known as a, a loving bunch. I don't want to get canceled by the witch population out there. No, I, mean, I think you're right about that. They make her sign off on it. Basically, they're like, "All right, if you really want this, give up all attachment. Give up the almost, you know, Jedi like." Big Cat is facing the Swifties right now. I don't want to face like the witchies and I, the witchies. That's the least. That's the group I would fuck with the least in this world. They'll put some legit spells on you. The turning her face, marking her face, kind of getting her on that witch path. I appreciate it because she looks less like Sherry O'Terry. And I'm like, okay, you are not Sherry O'Terry. I can take you seriously now as a villain in this show. Absolutely. I, I thought that actually when it happened, I thought of Dave and I was like I hope that made it a little better for Dave I hope this viewing experience was more pleasurable for him and we got to get his thoughts on the finale I don't think he's watched it yet but as soon as he texts me and I figure out what he thought of it I'll of course update everyone because this is going to be a two episode week for us we're going to be doing a Loki recap later in the week that's right I forgot about that and we're watching Gen V I uh, I have one episode left you have two episodes left right yep so we still we'll get some sort of stuff out for Gen V at some point. I don't know how it's all going to work, but it is hitting like the boys said. I wouldn't say it's at that level, but it's very close for, again, three episodes combined between the two of us. I'm reading about the the mother Talzin here, mm-hmm. and it says she she arrived on the moon as the ritual began um, in terms of some ritual they were doing in the show. And she summoned her sword from the mist and engaged the Jedi. But who confronted her? Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You you think you're safe and then Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks roll up on you (laughs) and all bets are off. Samuel Jackson and and Jar Jar Binks go to a fucking, (laughs) go to a bar. That sounds like the beginning of a joke right there more than anything. That is that was this is probably when he became like flipped to Darth Jar Jar. I just never knew that. It's probably like the thing that that got him on that path right there. So very He's interesting. Got a history on Dathomir with Night Sister <laughs> magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a really cool look at Ezra crafting a new lightsaber, and I loved just seeing him put the pieces together like we did when we were at Disney. It was like, oh shit! Obviously, there's the d- deleted scene from Return of the Jedi of Luke putting his together and stuff, but we don't get to see the actual construction of it very often and he's doing it right alongside Hu Yang so he's getting kind of advice but it's kind of backseat driving as well he's like you're not doing it right you got to do it like this I've been doing it for 25,000 years and they make a little reference to the emitter being one that's narrow like it's a narrow emitter it makes the blade thinner which is a great reference and little nod to the blades being thinner in star wars rebels the cartoon and this was a big criticism for star wars rebels people didn't like that the lightsabers looked super thin which was very much a nod to ralph mccrory's art style i liked that they referenced it in this show 
I, that doesn't sound right. Did you tell me Star Wars fans were upset about a change that was made <laughs> over the time from the original stuff to the newer stuff? That doesn't sound like the Star Wars fans I know and love. Yeah, they they tend to nitpick every now and then. Just every now and then. <laughs> Just every now and then. Uh, my guy, Hu Yang, I'm very happy that he was kind of like, he was be, kind of being looked down like, oh, you know anything? It's like, yeah, he's a fucking droid. He's a billion years old. Did they not realize he's a billion years old? And this, uh, okay. How is it pronounced? Kanan, Kanan, who's Kanan, the dude? Yeah. He's the he was he's Hera, he was Hera's uh boy toy, and yeah. that's his, and his uh Jason's Ezra's dad. master. And then yes. Ezra's master, which again, Star Wars, it's poetry, it rhymes, feels like he then takes Jason under his wing in the future, feels like it's an, an inevitability at some point there. And this was just like his lightsaber, Kanan's lightsaber is so it's basically he's now recreating the lightsaber that his master had and then he becomes the master to his son with that feels like a very wholesome star wars kind of circle here no doubt i think that's absolutely where they're going to go in the future with it hera is kind of like it's it's not his mom but she's kind of like uh you know de facto mom is that the way to use de facto i think so yeah i think we got I think that I one i think we did pretty good there. yeah that was the first for me <laughs> Um, but Hu Yang also explains the fallout between Sabine and Ahsoka. Finally, we get the full explanation. And I actually really enjoyed the full explanation. He says, after Moff Gideon bombed Mandalore, the whole siege of Mandalore at the end of the war, which means it was just a real petty move by Gideon. Like, they lost the war. He's like, fuck it. Let's bomb Mandalore. Yep. Ahsoka got afraid that Sabine was using her energy and her anger in the wrong way. She was training for the wrong reasons and really her anger was taking over her need for revenge. So that's why they split off. And then they go talk on the ship for a while, the wing of the ship. They're attacked by tie fighters. I love getting the, the tie fighter sound, which we always praise, but just seeing them dock out and everything. It was awesome. Ezra and Ahsoka hold up the ship when it falls and it's attacked by the tie fighters just long enough for it to like take off. And that was awesome, too, when it takes out the two TIE fighters with the wings. Just a great action scene to kick off what was basically an action-filled episode. I I also loved when the TIE fighters left the Star Destroyer in the beginning of the episode after um, Thrawn had said, let's get the TIE fighters. He has his little moment with the witches, and they end the scene with the TIE fighters taking off. And I was like, those things are basically just treated as trash by the Empire. They just no shields, let them go in basic kamikaze missions nonstop. But they fucking nailed it in terms of uh, it just I don't know, man, there's something about them just gets the blood rushing and hearing it. And they they are they're kind of like stormtroopers in that so often in the original trilogies, they're kind of just disposable. But when they are at scale, such a bigger threat than anything else, you're like, oh, fuck, two TIE fighters are coming for our ass. So I, I, I was the same way. And again. The flow of the tie, the tie fighters, though, you could just run a ship right through them and they just yeah. destroy, man. Poor fucking pilots, man. If you sign up for being a tie fighter pilot or a stormtrooper, like, what are you even doing, man? I understand wanting to fight a war and you know better your life, better your family's life. You're just getting thrown, like you are basically just being thrown into a meat grinder if you're going into either of those jobs. Yeah, I feel like they're going to show like the prison from Andor next season. They're going to be making tie fighters out of paper mache. Be like, <laughs> oh. This makes sense now why they're so easy to kill. Yeah. 
whenever the Empire, like, the budget was in the red, they're like, just take some parts out of the TIE Fighters. Like, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. fine. Like, don't worry about it. Just remove like, a couple screws. Like, <laughs> we could do two screws on one each quarter, right? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing if, like, by the end of the Star Wars Wars, like, the TIE Fighters were flying and just, like, falling apart in space because they had just yeah. <laughs> taken every budget cut known to man. Yeah, basically like my uh, Toyota Corolla right now that I've had since I was in high school. The other day I looked at it and the hubcap was off and I was just like, huh, I don't know when that fell off, but apparently it's gone. Yeah. Just I, uh, tough. When they start up the TIE Fighters, the check engine light is always on. Like 100% always, always on. <laughs> oh, and, and it's on on my Corolla always. Yep. Actually, you know what? That is one of the things that they actually did is they took out the light bulb for the check engine light. So it should be on, but the light bulb like that got cut in the budget cuts. As well. Shout out to Toyota that, Corolla though. I didn't realize that was a, that was the Bob Fox uh, chariot. That That's the Fox mobile. Yeah. have had yeah. it. The same car I've had since, you know, my mom first bought me a car. We had a Toyota Camry back in 2001. I think we bought it and it went to me, to my sister, to my brother, back to like whoever needed a car at the time when they're in and out of like college or whatever it may be. And now we recently just gave it to my cousin who just uh, moved back to New York and she just needs a car in the meantime. And it's like, man, this is a Toyota, apparently a Toyota ad we're running right now, but I guess it is Toyota. Oh, Toyota Toyota reference brought it back around to star (laughs) Wars there. Um, before we move on from the TIE Fighters, though, I did want to just shout out a scene that I've gone back and rewatched on YouTube from Andor. The TIE Fighter scene where they just have one TIE Fighter going through the valley and you hear the scream and it's like, oh, shit, hide all the weapons. We're supposed to just be, you know, mercenaries or whatever. They raiders. They have to put all the uh, tarps over the weapons and shit. That was one of the best TIE Fighter scenes ever, if not the best. They made it terrifying. Just one TIE Fighter. It was awesome. Just- yeah, um, I'm going to have to, I just got a new TV and like a surround sound down here in the basement. So my ears are, I have to get my ears cleaned out. I am an old man who has to get his ear cleaned out every six months. I can't hear a thing. Once I get all cleaned out and feel like I have surround sound for the first time in like years, I'm throwing on that scene and just hearing that screech going through. That was a very cool scene. I remember I, that was Andor. Yeah, it was like I, the first three episodes too. So it was the ones that were a little bit slower, but they were starting to get off the ground with a cousin from the bear and everything. That's right. I am so bad in terms of like all these star Wars shows, especially once they started crossing Mandalorians into book of Boba Fett's uh, certain scenes are just like moments. I don't even remember. I I don't know. That's because I'm old or if it is, has been kind of confusing along the way with all the different crossover and shit like that. So I'm going to have to check that out. So, and or those first three episodes, I always thought were kind of weird. Same with, I I don't really like the, the, the two or three at once, unless nothing really happens to them let's be a gen v did that too we got gen three v did episodes. it well though yeah yeah they did it well i could have i could have honestly lived with each of those episodes individually whereas with andor and ahsoka i think i would have started losing patience by the end of like the second or third episode wandavision as well i remember wandavision after like episode two i was like this is gonna kind of suck but then we got out of the black and white and everything was awesome after that yeah ahsoka was a show too where the first three episodes i thought were good but it definitely they stepped on the gas episode four and then like it mm-hmm. was just the second half of the season was way better than the first half. I thought. Do they do they use gas? What What's their power source in uh, fuel, a galaxy? I far guess. Far? Yeah, they, yeah, they stepped on the fuel. They stepped on the <laughs> coaxium. <laughs> episode four. Um, Enoch Thrawn's right hand guy comes in and tells them that, you know, the TIE fighters we've lost signal with and Thrawn's like, all right, 
we'll mark those down as dead and prepare for a ground assault. Immediately, again, knows the next step. They do come in on a ground assault. They ride in on those rat-type horses, and lasers are just being shot down from the Star Destroyer, the Chimera. Really cool scene where you just see him going off. You know, it's almost like a no-man's-land-type scene. And then they all open the doors to the temple with the Force. And I felt like Sabine in this moment, sure, later she uses the Force for real, and it's proof. In this moment, it's like giving your little brother the controller that's not plugged in. And you're like, yeah, you're helping us in the video game right now. I think Sabine's <laughs> hand was just out there, and Ezra and Ahsoka were doing all the magic. I love yeah, I, I love that reference. It, I do it with my kids now. Give him the controller that's not on. And AJ, he doesn't, he, when he gets old enough to realize he's out of it. Also just love the uh, Star Destroyer. Just, I, I put pissing lasers. That's got to win. Pissing lasers down on everyone below. <laughs> and then we get our biggest prediction of the season coming to fruition. They take out the first wave of these night troopers. And then the night sisters or night mothers, they do this little spell and this witch's chant, and it resurrects all of them back as zombies. They have these green glowing eyes that glow through the helmets. They looked so friggin' cool. And the way they were animated and they looked like such zombies later on, we even see one get their helmet broken, and you see they have like a zombie mouth. I loved everything about this the way it was handled, the way it looked visually. Everything about the zombie stormtroopers, I'm so in on. My favorite stormtroopers in years. Stormtroopers that actually don't die the first or second blaster is kind of nice. They would be a lot scarier if that's how all of them were. I don't know. What, again, <laughs> the armor, I think the armor is so cheap. They got it at like Dollar Tree or Dollar yeah. General that you shoot it and it like electrocutes them and kills them on the spot. It actually, <laughs> if they wore no armor, the, the stormtroopers would be in better shape, it seems like. I mean, Sabine got cut a fucking lightsaber through the abdomen and she was fine. And these stormtroopers tick like, don't even get hit by the blast. It like kind of just like nicks them and it's like, uh, dead. So it was kind of <laughs> nice to see stormtroopers, uh, like not be instantly killed. And there's something just like, it's not even as much. It was terrifying to see them come back to life, but then it's like, fuck, I got to do this whole level again. And it's like, you're almost hitting. Yeah. Reset, and you're just like, man, how are we going to do this? And then they're just like straight up, not dying. Pretty terrifying stuff. Little, I got a little bit of the Call of Duty zombies uh, vibe yeah. from these guys too, right? As they're fighting up the stairs too, that's a, like a very Call of Duty zombies. If they get in, you're like, all right, we're fucked now. We're like, fucked we gotta this place out. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Back to Ahsoka. Thrawn tells Elsbeth that they need a little bit more time while the ship is being loaded up. And I had a feeling that this was going to happen. That as soon as Thrawn got what he needed out of Morgan Elsbeth, he was going to kind of throw her to the curb. Be like, listen, we're going to get out of here. Maybe you stick around and make sure that these Jedi don't get on our ship. And she's okay with it. He says for the Empire, she kind of has a moment to herself where she says for Dathomir. She's like, that's who I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for the Empire. I'm doing it for those witches. And we get Ahsoka versus Elspeth 2, the first one happening in season two of The Mandalorian. This time, she's got that power of the shadows, and she's got that new blade. 
Ezra and Sabine take on the Death Troopers. And I loved seeing the Death Troopers from Rogue One. The taller Black Storm Troopers also wrapped up in the Night Sisters magic. And this is the one that gets its face completely broken, basically. And you see it trying to bite Sabine. And finally, she uses the Force. And I got to admit, I wasn't the most pro-Sabine this season. I liked her in Rebels. I know you and Dave were very anti-Sabine this season. The moment where she actually uses the Force and gets that lightsaber hilt to come into her hand, and she does the almost Kylo Ren thing that he does in The Last Jedi, where she just right through the head like that. Mm -hmm, I thought it was a really satisfying moment. I was like rooting for it. I was like, come on, come on, get that lightsaber, get that lightsaber. Might have been the tension of just the zombie about to bite her, but I thought it was handled well. Yeah, so... Sabine, she like she levels up, gets like basically is is on that Jedi path. Then finally, the the fucking you know kill shot, instant Jedi. Uh, I'm sorry, lightsaber through the head. Very cool. I she then like leveled up three other times. I'm not gonna nitpick. I just that is something I didn't like, but I'm not gonna go any further on it. Uh, but it's nice. When to she have leveled it. up further than this, I was a little bit like, whoa, oh, <laughs> she can do that. Like, yeah, the jump, yeah. 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 Nonetheless, however, we're not here to again. Star Wars fans being upset about something be the first time that ever happened, right? Also, yeah. uh, speaking of which, I loved it. It was just it's a trope at this point when the the zombie troopers are coming in. The old break the control door, the the controls and the door yes. automatically shut. Always <laughs> love that thing. All um, you have to do in Star well. Wars is just break things to to make them work. Essentially, make you could the- press the button or just break it. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. If not, if R2D2 can't fix it, just break it and everything will, will work out perfectly for you. Uh, the and Speaking of R2D2, I don't mean to bring us down again, but no moments from Chopper this episode, this whole season. I know I really hyped up Chopper as this maniac warlord. I'm sorry about that because we didn't get anything out of Chopper this season. That was in my notes for the post like epilogue wrap up. I wanted an assassination. I didn't get him. Yeah. I said I needed an assassination. So going into ep- season two, and I got him on screen. So I'm like, oh, he's gonna wreck some shit now. I'm telling you, I'm I'm a little concerned about my guy Chopper. Uh, I, yeah. Not even about him, about how he's going to be shown. Is it like, do you think that the people at Disney are like, oh, we can't have droids committing mass genocide? Because that's kind of bullshit. If if that's the case. I hope not. Yeah, because that's Chopper's game. That's, you know, he brought Chopper into the show. Let him kill some motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little, I'm very concerned about that. And if that's the case, the ceiling of Ahsoka as a show is much lower than it was going in. For me personally, I like a droid that's a badass motherfucker. So, however, Hu Yang was something I didn't even know existed. And he's been better than expected, but that still a huge gap in terms of like my thoughts on Chopper to having a cool Hu Yang. Those are not equal in my opinion. The other thing about the zombie trooper is in a weird way, having those like sick fucks with the mouth and zombie and out kind of made the dude who just became smoke and melted away. I even forgot his name. He's so irrelevant to me right now. Marek. Yeah. Marek. It kind of like at least gave his death a little more meaning, but that was a big bummer looking back now. Yeah. So they finally do this big jump now where they're like, we got to get on the Star Destroyer. It's taking off. How do we get on the Star Destroyer? And Sabine uses the force in a big way here. Ezra does like this big force jump. And then she does a force push to elevate him to double jump, essentially. Little Mario double jump. Yes. This was a bit much for me. Not in a show breaking way, not in an episode breaking way. Just I was, I could have. 
done with a shorter jump distance or something. You know, like when she's using the force to push him like friggin' onto a skyscraper practically. It was like, okay, we just leveled up real quick. You, you must have got a bunch of XP from those Death Trooper zombies that you killed. <laughs> but this is something that they've done in Rebels before, the double jump. Um, Ezra actually did it teaming up with Darth Maul, and he told Maul about previously doing it with Kanan. So there, there's a precedent for Ezra doing it in this universe. But yeah, it was a, it was a ridiculously big jump, yeah. The, the XP on the troopers actually kind of sold me a little bit, Bob, as a, <laughs> as a guy who likes playing his video games. That kind of did sell me. I also am a big fan of force jumping in general. I've always liked yeah. it, like when the Jedis do that. However, that being said, and I also like Ezra. That being said, if Ezra did this move, looked down, and then just straight up plummeted and died like Wiley Coyote with a little puff of like, <laughs> you know, uh, dirt at the end. It would have been hilarious. It would have cracked me up. And it honestly would have been the highlight of the season for me, even though I would have lost a character that seems like he's pretty cool. It would have just been so fucking funny. Just an aim for the bushes. Other guys moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sabine goes back for Ahsoka. She's like thinking about doing the jump and having Ezra pull her up. But she says, no, she goes back for her master who Yang didn't want them to split up in the first place that put him in trouble. So she goes back. They start fighting Elspeth together, and this is badass. Elspeth destroys one of Ahsoka's lightsabers. Ahsoka pulls this move where she pulls the blade and her lightsaber and kills her with her own blade. It was so cool, so badass to see the two like lightsaber marks as well. Oh, and even prior to that, Ezra cutting one of the Death Troopers' heads off, and the way they shot that where you couldn't totally see it, but then you just saw the head roll and the neck had like that orange glow. That was pretty metal. Yeah, that was, I think that was them trying to get past the Disney censors. They're like, listen, we want to chop a head off. This is Star Wars. You can't do that. This is Star Wars. You can't fucking do that. All right. <laughs> how about if we just put him behind a column and you kind of don't see it and it, it has the post lightsaber glow to it? Oh, okay, you fucking assholes. You can fucking do that. <laughs> so that's, I'm, I'm fighting a call that can't do my Mickey Mouse as well. It's as a I sick used to. Mickey. Yeah. It's a sick Mickey. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was out doing Coke all night till four in the morning. So that's why he's not feeling good. He has the, the, the drip going on in his yeah. throat. So I appreciate, I, I did appreciate that as well. That was pretty metal. Um, but what we, so, so we had the, the, that, the store, the, the stormtroopers fighting. What was the other? Oh, okay. So we see the sword in action now. The, um, Tal- blade, sword, of Talzin. blade of Talzin. Hate to say it. That witch sword, that was, uh, we have a lightsaber at home. And yeah. it kind of felt like she was, like, Morgan needs all the help you can get when you're facing a Jedi with two fucking lightsabers. You kind of have the Walmart version of a lightsaber. She, I knew she was cooked. She, she, yeah. she fought her the foot, uh, the first time she fought Ahsoka, she had the, um, She's Mando. like a big staff, right? Was that the thing that Mando got? Was that the, I think so? I think uh, yeah. she like yeah. It was the Beskar like staff yeah. or whatever you want to call it. So she fought Ahsoka both times as the underdog, and it's like it was basically two head coaches going. It was Belichick versus like pick another fucking good coach, uh, Andy Reid. But one of them has the 2007 Patriots, and the other one has the 2023 Giants. Like, it was just a blow. And listen, I can make fun of my Giants right now. I could do it. Like, it just wasn't fair. This girl, Morgan, man, she really got fucked. And I guess it's the witch's fault. They they could have either given her some crazier powers or, like, I don't know. I guess there's no crystals there to give her, like, a Sith lightsaber. But I just wish she had more of a fair fight because she lost both those fights. But Morgan stands are going to be like, listen, 
this girl went into battle, she was fucked before she even got in there. Yeah, and she looks and the, like Sherry O'Terry. And <laughs> <laughs> she looks like Sherry O'Terry. Um, the witches knew when she died too. They could sense it almost like the force. It didn't seem like they cared much though. They were no, like, uh, yeah, Elspeth no is dead. And they were like, all right, it is what it is. We figured we left her there. And Sabine and Ahsoka try to make it onto the ship, but they're not fast enough. So Thrawn delivers one final message to Ahsoka where he's like, I'm sorry we didn't get to meet face-to-face at this rate. I'm starting to think we're never going to meet face-to-face and long live the Empire, essentially. He he actually throws a dig, too. He throws an Anakin Skywalker dig. He's like, I didn't underestimate you because I knew who your master was, but I really wonder how many similarities you have towards your master. Kind of referencing, is he going to try to pull her to the dark side, a little Anakin uh, or a little Vader uh, Luke thing there? I'm not sure. Gives a long live the Empire. They depart. And Ahsoka and Sabine just have to return to the uh, the Nuti, the Noti, the uh, yeah. the village. They go back to that little trailer park. Space turtles, Bob. Space turtles. Space turtles. Ahsoka sees her owl, Morai, and this isn't this is a complicated thing from the Clone Wars. Okay, so we're gonna get into the Mortis gods at some point. The Mortis gods are the gods of the Force. There's the father, the son, and the daughter. The son controls the dark side of the Force. The daughter controls the light side of the force. The father keeps them balanced. At one point, the daughter gave up her life force to save Ahsoka's life. So her life force was kind of transferred into Ahsoka, almost Kylo Ren Ray-esque in uh, Rise of Skywalker. The force essence was also transferred into this owl, Morai. So whenever Ahsoka sees the owl, it's something that she has a very nice connection with she saw it in the world between worlds she saw it in the clone wars finale you see this owl pop up a lot with ahsoka so seeing the owl was a nice little nod to that clone wars fans were going crazy for the owl i'm sure you were just like oh nice an owl i like owls i you know i'm a big bird of prey guy and owls are low-key bad motherfuckers when they want to be so i was like oh a nice little owl there very happy to know there was a lot more uh, that was going on in that scene because it really went over my head and I was kind of underwhelmed. So, and, yeah. and again, the fellow non-Rebels watchers, I imagine we're all in the same boat as I was. Well, I hope I just explained it for everybody there. Shin the joins owl, the... of course. Of course, <laughs> yeah. the magic Shin goes and we see her join up with the Raiders. And I'm wondering if this is going to be the start of a face turn for Shin. We didn't see much to suggest it in season one, but we saw Boba Fett go hang with the Tusken Raiders for a little bit. And he learned a little bit about family, became a good guy after that. So I'm wondering if Shin is going to follow the same path and almost become the Mara Jade of this story. Mara Jade in the original Heir to the Empire was a bad, I think a bad Jedi who turned good and fell in love with Luke. Maybe Shin is Luke's future love interest. Maybe. If she turns good. I actually, a different Skywalker I was thinking of, I saw her going there, and I kind of associated these guys as, like, that world's Tusken Raiders, and I thought, lightsaber comes out and just slaughterhouse. I thought she was going to slaughter them all. But, hey, she could become their leader and, like, their, their mother figure, too. That's I think also she might. on the table. That's I think she might. While her former master, Balon, is off with statues of the Mortis gods. So he's standing... Literally, it's a cliffhanger because he's standing on the edge of a cliff <laughs> of the father who's holding him. So he looks like a wizard, you know, looks like a traditional wizard with the big starry hat. The son is next to him, a statue of the son, and the daughter's statue is crumbled. 
leaving some to believe this role is yet to be filled and Ahsoka will one day become the daughter. So I don't know if they want someone to become the son as well, or if the son is going to stay the son, the father is going to stay the father, and Ahsoka is going to become the daughter one day. That's how she becomes one of the Force. I'm not sure. I could also see a future in which Balon becomes the son or something like that, or Anakin becomes the son. I'm not sure. Originally, we talked about the Morris gods. We just talked about them a, a little bit on this show. And I said, I don't think they're going to go there, though, with turning Anakin into the father and all that. At this point, seeing the statues, seeing the owl, I do think they're going to go there at some point in season two. They're going to really dig deep into the, the Mortis gods and whatnot. So I think anything's on the table. I'm surprised that they're going there, but so far I'm okay with it. So, yeah, this stuff, again, way above my head. I knew of these gods and how it was a thing. And as you just explained it there, now it makes perfect sense. Ahsoka, she's marooned. I'm going to use marooned as a word. What do you think about that? She's kind of just stuck in this spot. Balon is obviously looking to get something done because he's just chilling on the cliff for the cliffhanger, which, again, mwah, perfect fucking imagery right there. Just It's like the fucking rat climbing on the uh it's departed right in front of yeah. the balcony in front of the capitol building or whatever it is uh and like it has to happen ahsoka has to either rebuild it or the the, the daughter becomes her likeness or whatever it may be and balon was like the perfect father in terms of he was kind of both sides i thought he was that perfect gray that i thought was going to be a big part of the sequel trilogy turns out not so much and it just it really does like i i was more bummed than anything that a we didn't just we didn't get like a I was waiting for the big moment of this episode to be the, oh, fuck, which I guess is Thrawn returning to that other galaxy. But I was hoping a Balon moment was going to happen and we could kind of wrap up because the way now it's going to have to be a little clunky without the actor who absolutely crushed. They got so fucked by this actor dying because he was easily my favorite character this series so far. Yeah, he was incredible. His presence in every scene was just, he had that gravitas about it. It was awesome. Is is there a chance, Bob? Okay, hear me out on this one. You said Ahsoka's the daughter, right? Yeah. Anakin becomes the son, or Vader, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Could you say, could Vader, or not Vader, could Anakin become the father? Because Ahsoka's obviously his daughter. He Like Anakin and Vader becoming different things? Anakin and Vader become different things, or Vader does not become the son. Ahsoka becomes the daughter, which I think makes sense. Anakin becomes the father, who he did was her master, right? Yeah. And then the son becomes. Could be Balin. Could be ba Could be. Could it? Could it be uh, Ben Kenobi? Because that's technically his bloodline, right? Because it's Leia's child. So I'm trying to think. Maybe. Like, you know, I'm saying down the road, Kylo Ren becomes the son. This all probably doesn't make any sense. The timelines will not. I think it would be cool. Speaking of Kylo Ren, now we're going all over the place. But speaking of Kylo Ren, if Jason grew up to be a Knight of Ren. Yes. I, we talked about the Knights of Ren last episode. And I don't know if I yeah. said that. I didn't know if the timelines matched up for that as well. But I agree. I think that that could be very cool. At least give us a little bit about the Knights of Ren. Even in Rise of Skywalker, we were like, all right, Snoke is gone, so we got to get something about the Knights of Ren. And no, they just once again stood there looking cool, and they nailed that. They look cool, but give us something. Give us just a little get a little breadcrumb about the Knights of Ren. Look cool, cool name, but did nothing cool. Like they could have honestly the story dealt of Marek, the story of Captain Phasma, the story, like hopefully Enoch doesn't fall down the same path because oh. he's the next one. 
you know what? Enoch was kind of just a little bitch errand boy. Now that you mention it, and season that's one, kind he definitely was. He looked cool. He didn't do much though. Yeah, he just <laughs> updated Thrawn on what was going on. Oh fuck yeah! They have to fix this. They have to. I, but I will say, like, I do trust the Filoni. He's much more trusted yeah. than the Five E right now. And the way everything is connecting in the Star Wars universe right now is pretty nice. Like connecting to the Clone Wars, connecting to the cartoons, it is something that Marvel is currently lacking. We another thing we talked about last week is is so now we don't know about a season two of Ahsoka, right? That hasn't been announced, or there's nothing about that, right? But we do have a Filoni movie trilogy announced, or is it just a movie? Possible trilogy. I'm not sure if that's confirmed, but that's the word on the street on the interwebs. But that doesn't have a date or anything behind it either. And so I'm not thinking... sure if they want to do like a movie next or if they want to do like another season of Mando and Ahsoka and then a movie. Which and, would but make it's more this sense timeline, timeline, though, right? It's yes. this timeline. Yes. Okay. So it'll probably have Thrawn and Ahsoka, Mando, Baby Yo, all that kind of stuff. Also, we're getting the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew in between. But Skeleton Crew, I'm not that might connect because I think the pirate from Mando is in Skeleton Crew. But the Acolyte takes place like a thousand years before Phantom Menace. So I'm not sure if that huh. will connect at all. Andor, I assume, will only be connected through Mon Mothma being a character in both because we know Andor's fate. He's going to die. He's not going to have a Darth Maul resurrection, I don't think. He was blown to smithereens. Cooked. But back to the ending of Ahsoka. Thrawn is bringing the Night Mothers and, and their cargo to Dathomir, so it looks like they're maybe trying to restart their society. Ezra returns to Hera, and he returns on an Imperial ship with the whole outfit on. Dude, take the helmet off when you get on the ship. He just he was really dragging it out for dramatic effect. He was walking down with the Stormtrooper helmet on and then did a big reveal. Like, bro, they have guns drawn at you. Just take it off. Take the helmet off. What was he thinking? <laughs> You get your ass blasted in space. Then when you get off, yeah, you have to blast your ass. Like, uh, yeah, that that was all very weird. And I think like a little more effect would to be open the door and you come out with the helmet on. It's like, oh, Ezra, what's up, man? Yeah. It's like instead of just scaring the shit out of him, they're like, oh, it's Ezra. And it's like, wait, are you a stormtrooper now? Did like they fucking flip you over there? Because it's happened yeah. before. Our Boreana can flip. So it could happen to you as well. Imagine that if like. Like a Jedi flipped, and he's like, "No, no, I just want to be a stormtrooper. I don't want to be like a Sith Lord or anything yeah. like that. I'm very good just by being on the front lines and just being like a common man. Yeah, bring <laughs> yes. my lunch pail to work every day. Yeah, and let's call um, it what it was. This might be the last time we saw it, but we the saw green it. dumper came on screen yet again. And I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm guaranteeing somebody in a meeting next if there is another Ahsoka or the next time Hyra's just in a fucking piece of Star Wars content. They're going to be like, we can't just keep shooting her from behind because we've heard it from the co- the, the replies and the comments yeah. and everything. Everyone was singing the same goddamn thing. We're just the I ones heard it from people this weekend. Really? People came up to me this weekend at the festival, Ocean's Calling, that Pop Punk played, and they were like, by the way, Hera's packing that dumper. And I was Free like, yeah. <laughs> Um, And then Sabine senses something, and Ahsoka's like, what do you sense? She's like, ah, nothing. I thought it was something. And Ahsoka looks out. I think she was sensing something out there. It was a force ghost of Anakin who just looks on with a smile. I think the force ghost looks great. The effect that they put on it looks really good. And it was a, a cool ending to the season. We wanted to see Anakin as a force ghost. And we got at least a little introduction, almost like the end of Obi-Wan, where we see Qui-Gon as a force ghost. Qui-Gon, see what I said yes, there? I appreciate um, that. It's kind of, I think, setting up anakin to be a force ghost guide in the next season i'm hoping at least i'd I'd like to see him as that so 
I thought it was a good ending to the uh, season. I would have liked just more of a New Republic death and Thrawn looking happy over it. I would have liked more of a sinister ending. I would have liked a little more protein in my in my yeah. uh, burrito bowl, if you may. Like, give me a little more meat, a little less of the you know other stuff. But all, all, all in all, trust me, I know it can be worse. I've seen yeah. some Star Wars. Yeah. I know it can be worse. I know it can be better as well. So I think uh, I, I'm sure we'll we'll rank where we sort all these on the scale. But that uh, I'm with you on that for sure. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Now, let's get into some rankings here. I saw a lot of tweets say, rank the Star Wars live action show. So I tweeted, we'll do this. We'll do it live on my mom's basement. The show is being The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Ahsoka. I think I speak for both of us when I say The Mandalorian would be number one. It was the show that brought the fandom back together after the sequel trilogy. Where as soon as we saw that adorable baby yo face at the end of episode one, we were we were back together. The people that hated The Last Jedi, the people that loved it. And yes, there have been some episodes like the Lizzo one or the Bobby Carnavali son yeah, one that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> but I think for the most part, The Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars we've ever gotten. Cosine, uh, the highs have been extremely high. The lows have really not been that low. And... Uh, it has baby has baby yoda one yeah come with on a introduce baby yoda to the galaxy yeah and i because i know what two is and we fucking love two but i just it's also like this has also longevity with multiple seasons even just the the sound the woo, you know yeah. and there, there and there have been some some fun good moments especially without the it was just quote unquote you heard a million times spaghetti western where the first few seasons did have so many just individual things, but now that they're really growing and expanding it, this, I'm going to just say, I think Mando might have saved the Star Wars universe, because think about where Star Wars, Star Wars was before that came out, and man, it was some, some fucking dark times, dude. It was dark times. Now next, I would go Andor. Would you agree with that? 100%. And it's, it's, I, I almost, it's almost easier to tier these than rank them. Cause I think this should yeah. be tier one with Mando. I think it's in the Agreed. same tier. It is, um, I think it, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Justin, <laughs> I'm going to do my sports one. Yeah. Mando Jefferson had that extra season. He has some of the bigger numbers. And in this case, it's baby Yoda, but Andor Jamar Chase, fucking same college right behind him. Awesome. Uh, I, pound for pound. It's like Baby Yoda's number one because he's so fucking cute and he's just so awesome. But some of the characters in Andor I might have above Mando because again, Mando Loki stinks at fighting. <laughs> he uh he like he's not Pedro Pascal to me because he never has his mask off. Like you guys are think I'm crazy for not I see him as Oberyn and I see him as uh Last of Us. Uh what's his name in Last Joel. of Us? Joel. Uh so I see him as those guys before Mando because for all I know, he's not even in the suit. So because of that, Andor, uh who who's the dude we love? Luthen, the fucking yeah, I so have good. 
I dance with ghosts and nightmares or whatever. Just great <laughs> lines. Mon Mothma's was crushing it. So I'm I'm with you. You're, and Andrew's bullet for you, right? Yeah, it's. I, I think it might even be able to be called the best made Star Wars show. Like if you were to say, I, like it might be the one I recommend the most to a non Star Wars fan, even where I'm like Mandalorian is a little, you know, you get a little goofy, you get a little taste of everything in the Star Wars universe. But this is just like a legitimately great, gritty spy espionage show that is feels like it's made more for adults than anyone else. You know what I would almost say? You can't say because they're both TV shows. Mando is like a movie and or is like a film, right? Yeah. It's like those can mean the same things, but they're completely different in my mind. Yes. And I still prefer Mando like Mando, the baby Yoda stuff. That is like peak Star Wars for me. But Andor is just like like you said, it's cinema. It, it is fucking mm-hmm. like it feels real. So Andor, and then I would put Ahsoka right after it. I think Ahsoka is uh, so good, this one season of Ahsoka, that I would put it up there with, like, a really good season of The Mandalorian. I thought the way that they really, like I I said, stepped on the coaxium in episode four and really just revved it up and made the world building what it needed to be. Made Thrawn, I think, an exciting villain in being someone that really didn't do much. Like, he didn't have anything to do, but he was still imposing and he still had his presence felt on this series so i'd put ahsoka there would you so i have ahsoka three as well yeah i this is odd though it's kind of weird to do it but i almost have it as tier three and there's nothing in tier two where i think i think there could be a show better than ahsoka but not as good as andor and i think there's like a whole range of that but and this is also someone that is coming in without all the rebels background. So a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff was probably lost on me. And I, again, I imagine a lot of other people as well. So I do <laughs> yeah. think tier three, probably in its own with the other two being below it, but I think it's clearly number three because it didn't have the low points that these other two had. Yeah. And then the other two are Boba Fett and Obi-Wan and it's tough to rank one over the other for me. Cause if we're tiering them, I would put them in the, in the exact same tier. I feel the same way about both where did I think they were overall bad shows? No, I think there was a lot of good in there, but there was also a lot of filler in each that was so unnecessary. And I think both might've been better off if they were a movie or a Disney plus special feature in some way. Now, if I look at the peaks of each Obi-Wan had that awesome Vader fight at the mm-hmm. end. And it, he also had that great Vader scene where he's snapping necks and shit in front of kids Book of Boba Fett had two amazing Mandalorian episodes hidden in it. It's the magazine inside of the book, like we said. I would go Boba Fett over Obi-Wan simply because of those Mandalorian episodes. I think that's the only thing that gives it the edge. Otherwise, I would say they're about the same, but I would go Boba Fett, then Obi-Wan. I'm with you, too. I have Boba Fett 4, Obi-Wan 5. And again, this might even be... These could probably even be tier five shows because I do think there could be shows that are worse than Ahsoka, but better than them as a whole. You know, and I'm not saying that's like bottom tier, but just out of what we had so far, Book of Boba Fett was saved by the magazines of Mandalorian. Those two yeah. episodes were awesome. I do think there is a chance if you take those away, which is unfair to do, you could say Book of Boba Fett was worse because we had higher expectations when they did the throne room at the end of Mandalorian and you see them in there. You're like, oh, that is so fucking badass. They had so much just goodwill and potential story just baked into it. And they just kind of just rah. And the what's it called? Uh, the Spy Kids stuff was just weird. Oh, it was yeah, just weird. Was... 
But Obi-Wan also yeah. had the Leia chase scene, which was just weird. So that's and like the hiding in the coat. Yeah. <laughs> Three kids hiding in the yeah. coat. Kind of stuff. Yeah. So like they each had some scenes where it was like, oh, I wish that wasn't in it. Yeah. It, they stuff. almost are better to exist because then if you criticize Ahsoka at all, you're like, it could be worse, guys. And again, yeah. If you watched, um, uh, if you just take out those Mandalorian things, you, I think we would have lost our. I think I would have lost my. I mean, they lived in the flashback to tank for like fucking three fucking years. And they just like they showed us how badass Boba Fett could be in the Mandalorian, yeah. and then they set him up to be like a warlord. They're like Boba Fett is going to be a gangster warlord running Tatooine, and I was like, that sounds amazing. And then they made him a cop, made him which a cop. was a weird. It's the weirdest. He was like the mayor, but he wanted everyone to follow the laws and the rules. And it's like, but you're Boba Fett. What are, what are you talking about? And they had some a- good moments, like when he when he killed everyone at Toshi Station, when he fucking killed the people that uh, took the Slave One from him, right? Or when, when he killed them with the Slave One, the biker gang. When he got out of the Sarlacc, that was crazy. It's like it had it had moments when he rides the Rancor. That was cool. But yeah, it it just had a little bit of an aftertaste that you're like, hmm. Don't love the taste that left in my mouth, but it was all right. And again, if that's hopefully that is these are the two worst shows we see in Star Wars. It'd be like they were still trying to figure out their uh, footing and all that kind of stuff, which I think is fair. I mean, it's like yeah. you could criticize it all you want, but it's also like they're trying to figure it out just as much as we're figuring out getting. And listen, not being at three in the morning. Good. I feel like it. Good idea. Oh, yeah. Shout out to us for fixing all that. Uh, it's just crazy. To, as I was watching it last night or right before I watched it, I just thought I was like. How the fuck did they honestly think this was ever going to be a good idea? And there was no hype around it. No one could go on at 10 a, 10 p.m. and be like, holy shit, this just happened. That's the other thing. I knew this Ahsoka. I knew I wasn't alone in being a little underwhelmed or just not enough happened. And I didn't miss it because usually you just get the replies, right? It's like, holy yeah. shit, this was awesome. People were like telling me they were crying during uh, one of the episodes a couple episodes ago <laughs> in Ahsoka. Just seeing all this shit brought to the screen. We did not get that. Uh, and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan definitely did not do either of those as well. But they did have their highlights. They had their moments, especially the Vader shit was very cool. I'm going to be like, go back and listen to those podcasts and be like, we were just trying to make everything, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. This also has to be said about these Star Wars shows and the Marvel shows that have already been on. We've talked about it in the past, and I'm saying it one more time, and it, it's hammered home with Gen V, which we will do some sort of stuff with at some point. Gen V, the boys, every single episode, stands alone is entertaining of a beginning a middle and an end and it continues on to the next episode it is so fucking good and it really does make me upset that star wars and marvel has not figured out how to just emulate this formula and i know it's like you you can get away with more with gen v because you're not beholden to these same massive universes and i know you can go like r-rated because you don't have mickey mouse fucking in charge of everything but I could watch any episode of the boys and be entertained. If I watched like episode three of Obi-Wan, there's a chance I want to like fucking shoot myself with a blaster in the head. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I I mean, they definitely could put together better standalone episodes. So many of the episodes felt like setups in, not just in Ahsoka in any of the Star Wars shows feel like, Oh, this was just to get us to next week. The boys and Gen V, especially they'd never really feel like that. You never get a setup. Every episode is just its own unique story. And, I think they could definitely do a better job of that. Hopefully skeleton crew and the acolyte did a better yeah. job of better and or season two. I think and or season two is filmed. I've been getting tweeted like a blurry trailer. Someone took a, tra- nice. a video of the trailer at star Wars celebration. 
and it's been getting out there. But yeah, that was the Ahsoka finale review. Now, as we record this on Wednesday, this will be release day. Tomorrow is when Loki season two comes out tomorrow at 9 p.m. So maybe on Friday, we'll hop back in the basement and record something for that. Hopefully that is as good as season one was. The early word is that it's very good. We've seen our guy heavy spoilers. I've seen a couple tweets where people have been like season two picks up right where season one left off. Fingers crossed that that's true. Because remember, season two left off, or season one left off, and that was like the best episode. We were so hyped. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jonathan Major's career was in a, or life was in a much different place than much it is different. Now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Loki, I think, I think it's most people's one or two. I think it, everyone has it probably yeah. in the tier one of Marvel shows, and it's one or two depending on Wandavision. I think Wandavision peaked a little early, where Loki peaked late, which you, you're more used to. And also, I will say this about those Star Wars shows, like. There is like there is a chance they they can get better, and if 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 they have set up episodes, I'm 100 percent fine with it. If by the end of the season, I'm like holy shit, that show was awesome. It was. Yeah. I think Andrew kind of had that, and we were still True. fine with it, right? But they have to do a better job of like if you're if you have to just kind of lead me on, you have to make it worth the, the the final product. So hopefully we get that with uh, the future Star Wars shows. I think Loki is going to be much more mando and or level stuff yeah. where it's a lot of hits and not a lot of misses hopefully and before we end this podcast i do want to thank all of the basement boys and girls that came out to oceans calling because a couple people came up to me and were like love my mom's basement love that it was the festival of a lifetime i told you like it went as good as i felt like it could have gone we did not have frankie that was a shame but uh, my best friend growing up dom filled in who played drums in my pop punk band so that was like a full circle moment for us we played a set to like it felt like two or three thousand people when we walked out there and maybe three or four thousand by the time we ended like people just kept walking over to the stage midway through the set look over side stage jason biggs is rocking the fuck out like standing right next to me afterwards he came up to us like dapping us up being like that was incredible chef robert irvine from the food network was there doing shit so he was hanging out with us being like that was incredible we were meeting people from bands we love we saw the list of bands i literally wrote it down because i was like i never want to forget the bands that i saw in this order this was so friday night we show up, we watch Third Eye Blind, Alanis Morissette, and OAR. That's our Friday. That's just the appetizer. Saturday, we play, and then we go see Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs, Mike Campbell being Tom Petty's former guitar player. Uh, then, then the Gin Blossoms, delightful band. Cheryl Crow, absolute rock star set. Dispatch, who when they do the general, that crowd is just absolutely a party an mm -hmm. absolute party jimmy eat world from side stage yes. in the tent which was like jimmy eat world one of my all-time favorite bands they're one of the all-time great pop punk bands especially they rocked the fucking house and then incubus who i'm now a much bigger fan of than i even was going into the festival they've been all i've been listening to since oceans calling they put on one of the best rock shows i've ever seen and then john mayer headlined with just himself and an acoustic guitar no band, no nothing, just John Mayer, acoustic guitar. At one point, he was playing piano. He was looping it. He was shredding on an electric. It was a 10 out of 10 festival. Thank you, Mark Roberge and the OAR guys for putting it on and for inviting us to be a part of it. Not only inviting us to be a part of it, but they came to us right before we went on. 
and just like thanked us and thanked us. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. PFT was like, listen, I'm going to let you convince us that we're doing you a favor and not the other way around <laughs> here because this is the best thing ever. So thank you to everyone that came out. It was like, it was dream come true kind of shit. That was awesome. That entire, like, I was so bummed. Like I had a busy weekend. I went to Barstool at the ballpark on Saturday um, and we were just jammed up. So I couldn't do anything on Friday, obviously Sunday's football. So I'm working. I, that, sh- that whole festival was so awesome i've heard alanis live which by the way i didn't realize that was a robbie fox number one have to see in person so that worked for years yeah Yeah. and she was my favorite set of the weekend she was we were literally for half of her set standing side stage and watching alanis morissette come man the stage like she does and then we're like all right the sound wasn't great and there was also like this bald guy next to us that wouldn't stop singing at the top of his lungs (laughs) to the point where we could hear him more than alanis we go out to the front and we realize our artist passes, me and my friend Dom, allow us to be in between the barricade and the stage. So we're like not only front row, we're above the front row. And we're the only two at one point singing in that area. We're going crazy. And she came right over to us and starts pointing to us fucking oh singing God. in our grill. It was, I mean, it was like, we. it was, I felt like we were in a movie for real. You lived a dream, a dom- the dominator, by the way. What a fucking <laughs> yeah. incredible just break of his life. He gets to like live that moment. That in itself is like, I can't believe this happened. And then he gets to play on stage in front of thousands of people because the whole stuff with Frankie broke his way. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I, I'm, you know what? I'm doing it. Dom, basic boy of the, of the episode. He's getting it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Let's like wrap hey, up. If, the you'll be a, if you'll be at Pup Punk's next show in Knoxville, Tennessee on October 13th, you'll also see Dom there because Frankie will still be on his honeymoon. So. Dom is now the, and Dom is kind of the original pop punk drummer in a way. He was the drummer on Back to School. We actually sent that track to him back in Jersey and had him record a drum track for us. And that's the one that got used. So Dom's Man. kind of the original pop punk drummer. Poor fucking Smitty. Smitty's just been completely wiped out. Like, I thought he was the original drummer. I thought he was the backup drummer of Frankie Goes Down. Nope. Dom drums. Smitty was in the music video, but Dom that's was right. the one that actually played. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, crazy man. shout out Dom. crazy shake of things and again thank you to mark robert nicest guy in, in the world called oh, me man. the day after the festival just to tell us we crushed it and shit like couldn't be a nicer guy and he couldn't have had a better set on friday night either everyone kind of knew that oar put the festival on and it's a maryland crowd so they were i mean he was the pope driving around in his golf mm-hmm. cart this weekend like people were worshiping them when they were on stage it was awesome i'm um, already looking up alanis uh shows for next year here so she, and they're, they're, <laughs> that would be a good basement boys meet up we'll just jersey go see westbury set. new york red bank new jersey newport rhode island so she uh, the only thing she really has is an east coast in july so we are going to have to get there robbie me i you, love it and shout out all the basement boys uh, and girls and dude you know you're the same way we have our hands on a lot of different things. You know, we have, you have the UFC, you have this, you have just so many, pop punk, you have so many different things. And me, same thing. You know, I have my sports teams, I have this, I have, uh, you know, Podfathers. I always just love when someone says they're a basement boy or girl. It just warms oh, yeah. my heart. You know what I mean? It, it, it is one of those things. So shout the out to everyone. That- I, 
number one thing I got all weekend wasn't like I'm excited for pop punk or you guys are, you know, funny band. It was, you want to talk Ahsoka? People were just <laughs> like, what do you think about Ahsoka? What do you think about next week? And it's like such an amazing way to just instantly be friends with people. Cause like they know you have a common interest. So they ask you about it and we're instantly like in a deep conversation about Mortis over high noons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, great. I love it. It's great. And I can't wait for the next Pup Punk show again. It's going to be the University of Tennessee, October 13th, another Bojangles parking lot show. We're returning to the Bojangles. I imagine that'll be college, is the college football show doing it there as well. And it's going to be, a I think whammy. so. Oh, yeah. Cause I, I think the bussing with the boys guys are for sure going to be there. So it's part of the bus and tour. We're going to be playing a much longer set. We'll be playing for over an hour on that show. So make sure you come out to it. We'll, we're all, we'll have all the details out soon. And Come back to the basement later this week for our uh, Loki season two, episode one review. I can't wait for that. Let's go.